This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. This week's Sunday reflection is from one of my old favorites, Hilaire Belloc. Many of you have asked where I get the image I usually talk from behind, either completely in my old format videos or mostly and completely on weekends mostly or you know during them now like sort of the main parts of my videos and well it's a stylized picture of Hilaire Belloc. He deeply influenced my thinking years ago on a lot of subjects and is a very serious writer but he often wrote some fairly unserious things too. Today I have his reflection on fortitude. Fortitude is something that is severely lacking in our time and we need it especially when we talk about just the mess in the church these days not to let these things undermine our faith when we cover them like i do or when we spend time learning about these things there should be a purpose to all those things and they should be to inspire your prayer for the figures that i tell you about for their interior conversion at the very least i'm free to pray for the state of the church and pray for the church to overcome the wickedness that has found its way into the church that all requires fortitude Today, Hilaire Belloc will give you his take on fortitude and what it really is and why we need it. And I'll give you some thoughts of my own at the end. Hilaire Belloc on fortitude. In Perigot, which is the capital of the Perigord in the hill districts of central France, there is a strange building. Strange, not for its history or for anything mysterious about it, but for two qualities. Its incongruity and its strength without apparent purpose. This building is the Cathedral of Perigo and of Perigord. It is incongruous because, being of extremely ancient foundation, it is wholly modern in construction, so that you might think on looking upon it from within or from without that it had been designed and accomplished, all within some few years of the 19th century. It is incongruous as being something Eastern, though cut off by hundreds of miles from any Eastern thing. Its roof is in five cupolas, or seven if you count the smaller ones. They are not domes, they are essential eastern cupolas. They would not be astonishing near any of those Mediterranean shores which have been affected by the neighborhood of redacted things, but they are unique here in the Perigord. And that other quality of which I have just spoken, the quality of strength, combined with newness and unsupported by anything but its own stark self, is more remarkable even than the exotic lines of the building. It is built of huge blocks of stone, almost without ornament great slabs of wall from roof to ground, great drums of masonry from roof to ground, and that is nearly all. A man might feel, looking on those exact squared, precisely sawn, unchiseled stone, that they would never weather. They suggest nothing to tr of tradition. They are one of those French things which hardly even attempt beauty, or if they attempt it, it fails. Huge blocks, enormously solid, and apparently without story or legend, and almost without meaning. Yet their meaning is profound, and those huge stone blocks are connected with my theme, which is fortitude. Inside that cathedral, on a side altar of the northern transept, if I remember right, the undecorated solid bare transept of mere stone, but what stone? The semicircular arch, the absence of all detail, and nearly of all color, but the presence of strength. There stands a mosaic. It is the mosaic of an elephant rather large as elephants are wont to be. It has quiet eyes and an immovable expression. Under it, also in mosaic, is the word fortitude. And there you are. It has been remarked by men from the beginning of time that chance connections may determine thought, a chance tune heard in unexperienced surroundings. 
a chance sentence not addressed perhaps to oneself and having no connection with the circumstances around, the chance sight of an unexpected building appearing around the corner of a road, the chance glance of an eye that will never meet our eyes again. Any one of these things may establish a whole train of contemplation which takes root and inhabits the mind forever. So it was with me all the, those years ago in the matter of the elephant of Perigo and his fortitudo. Perhaps I remember it better because I was in the company of the wise when I thus came across it for the first and last time. Fortitude and her elephant were here set up in a Christian church because fortitude is entitled one of the great virtues. Now what is fortitude? It is primarily endurance, that character which we need the most in the dark business of life. But if fortitude be endurance, it is also creative endurance, and at the same time it involves some memory of better times and some expectation of their return. It involves, therefore, fidelity and hope, and without these two, fortitude would be of little use. But above all, fortitude is endurance. Fortitude is the virtue of the menaced, of the beleaguered. It is the virtue of them that man the wall, or that are called upon to last out. This thing, fortitude, is the con is the converse to and the opposite of aggressive flamboyant courage. Yet it is the greater of the two, though often it lacks action. Fortitude wears armor and holds a sword, but it stands ready rather than thrusts forward. It demands no supplement. It is nourished, not from without, but from within. It is replenished of its own substance. Fortitude does not envisage new things. Rather, does it tenaciously preserve things known and tried. It builds, but builds unwittingly, not following an inspired plan nor a mere vision, but of necessity, and from stone to stone of daily conservative achievement. Sometimes fortitude will earn fame, but not often. Always, however, it will earn reward. For even with the defensive fails at the end, if it has been of an efficient sort, it makes an air and a name surrounding and enshrining itself. So have the great sieges of history done. So will our time of trial today, if we use it aright. There was a time in the long story of Christendom, which is also Europe, when fortitude was everywhere and it was known everywhere to be supreme. That time was the ninth to the 10th century, from the death of Charlemagne to the awakening which began with Cluny, continued through the annealed, architectural, legislative, Normans in the south as in the north, and rose in the flame of the Reconquista and the enormous march of the Crusades. Between that darkening and that sunrise lay the night of Europe, wherein we nearly perished. Then, indeed, were we under siege, from the murderous pirates of the northern seas, from anarchy within the failure of law, from the eastern hordes riding to the Lesh and their disastrous battle, even reaching the Sion for one moment at Tornus. The redacted, our superior in seamanship and arms, had mastered all the Levant in Africa. In all the temper of that time was threat and the imminence of disaster. Destruction seemed native to it in the air to defeat. Invincible opponents, desperate resistance against odds, filled all that was left of our inheritance. There was no respite, no long truce, no relief, only continual battle. There was no support at all, save in ourselves, not even any final confidence, and of prophecy hardly any, save prophecy of evil, and of the end. Yet we rallied and were conquered. We baptized the pirates when we had tamed them. We recovered Spain. We marched 2,000 miles until we had stormed Jerusalem. We re-established universities. We set up triumphantly the Gothic of the pointed arch. The West rose up again in glory, having been saved by fortitude. Fortitude is something we need in our time. I think that should be obvious to everyone, even if you don't share Hilaire Belloc's views on economics and political arrangements and some of his views on history. Fortitude is so clearly and obviously lacking in our time. I mean, 
in your own life, do you go to confession continuously for the same three or four things? Probably. Statistically, you probably do. Why? Because according to the confessors, all, most priests will tell you most people struggle with personally one to three things. It varies from person to person, not insinuating anything in particular about people, but most people have one, two, or three sins that they continually struggle with their whole lives. And the key, of course, to overcoming them is fortitude. And the one thing Belloc doesn't really mention in that essay is where fortitude comes from. Where fortitude comes from in our lives is looking upon the sacrifice of the altar, recognizing the real presence of our blessed Lord, staying close to the sacraments, going to confession, receiving frequently the Eucharist if we are able, having a prayer life, strong ties to Catholic devotions, the brown scapular, which is central to the Fatima message, and I'm going to make a video on that in your future, believe me, and in general, praying the rosary and other things, developing that strong prayer life and that strong sacrificial life, living our life united to the cross. That is where fortitude comes from. It's food for thought, I think. What did you think of this essay? Let me know in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.